This is Radio Havana, Cuba. This is Radio Pyongyang of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. This is Moscow. Everybody, that's right. It's time once again for that show that we're doing all by ourselves. Not really. We have a guest or two. Possibly a guest. Possibly on the road. Yeah, it's me. Doc Normal. How you doing? How you doing, everybody? Oh, my. Why does that keep doing that? We've got a little problem at the end of that little uh, that little roll there. And uh, I do apologize, folks. It's uh, November 4th. Um, it is Napod Pomo. And uh, let me just uh, let me just get set up here. Uh, we're having some Skype issues, but that's okay. We can uh, we can handle that. Um, I'm just going to share my uh, computer screen. That's what we do here. So for for everybody on the audio, this is compelling audio. What is this show about? It's called Crazy Talk. Um, it's your rants, it's your raves, your loves, your hates, um, everything that uh, you live. For I don't know. I'm just making that up, and I need to reroute the uh, reroute my audio. Oh, that's so much better. So, just a little tip, um, or a little little uh, insight into the way I podcast. When I talk really slow, like a moron, like this, um, I'm actually patched into the video switcher. This is a little behind the scenes, guys. I'm uh, patched into the video switcher right here, and there's actually like a, a second delay or half second delay on my voice. So when I talk, I'm hearing myself in the headphones going a second or two later. It's like, you know, keeping your radio on when you call Larry King or something. And uh, so that's kind of kind of the problem is that uh, sometimes you hear me talk like this sometimes. So uh, I'm trying to fix that and so I can hear what's going on with uh um without that delay and i can talk a little bit faster like this like right now i can talk faster well you know what let's get to skype and let's bring in our first caller we're gonna try to get someone else in uh on the road um we'll give that a shot um but in the meantime we have the wonderful uh mike mcclure on the line are you there, Mike? Good day. Good day. Oh my gosh. Yet another from down under. Yep, well from down under, I'm here now. That's that's right. You're in Portland now. Yep. As we say back home, I pulled up stumps and moved. And uh, how long have you been here in Portland? Uh, about four months now. Four months? Yeah. 
And tell us, uh, I, I know we briefly talked about this, but tell us why you uh, came from down under to uh, the land down under to uh, Portland. Synchronicity brought us here out of anywhere in the United States. Uh, we were looking to, we, myself and my wife Liz, we were looking to move from where we were to somewhere a bit more interesting. And Liz, coincidentally, was spent a week here last year just after Comic-Con and called me up and said, this place is great. And I said, okay, let's move. So that we did. We, we looked around before we moved and it was a place of tech, a place of beer and a place of coffee. So all three things that I find really quite interesting. So it pointed, uh, all the signs pointed to moving to here. So we did. That's the short version. So, uh, according to Irk, uh, Irkpod, uh, it's all the Fosters you can drink. <laughs> We're doing, a, I just started planning the Australia Day party this morning, trying to figure out how we can get some real beer, real Australian beer, that isn't Fosters. What, what would be real Australian beer? Uh, well, there's a lot of microbreweries around town. Uh, around, uh, I grew up in Melbourne, which is the home of real beer, and you can tell that to Irk. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a Sydney guy, if I recall. So lots of uh, anything that isn't Foster's or Vic Bitter is likely to be drinkable. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Foster's, the ad campaign here. Here we go. The rant started already. There we go. Australian for beer. <laughs> oh, um, am I allowed to swear on this? Sure. Like, great. It's fucking offensive. There we go. I've said it. <laughs> Australian for beer. God, I wouldn't wouldn't rinse dishwater with that. Nope. The, the the lower third didn't quite work. So, um, so uh. So, and you work in tech, right? Yep, yep. I uh, was a uh, sysadmin to start with out of college mm-hmm. and done, I don't know, a whole bunch of different jobs through the, the sector. So I'm not a technologist anymore, but I've worked across so many areas, I know a little bit about everything. And uh, you've been working in that uh growing uh portland uh tech scene yeah exploring it with the eyes of an outsider which which is interesting portland's a really highly networked town i learned a lot about it just from back home in australia being able to look at upcoming hear people talk about uh, cube space and follow a lot of people on Twitter so I could, uh, yeah, found out what was what and who were the uh, important people to know. And I started watching Strange Love Live from Australia, actually. Oh, you're kidding. Really? Wow. That's awesome. Thank you very much. (laughs) I considered it uh, a good uh, research, I guess, homework. uh, Wow. if, If all of Portland lived up to... 
uh, Strange Love Live than I thought it was going to be a good place. Okay, well, Mike, uh, I don't know what else uh, to ask you and what else to say. That's a great show, and thank you very much, and good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's uh, um, that's very nice of you. I'm, uh, yes, this shill is, in, in interest of uh, yeah. full disclosure, this shill is being paid for by nobody. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, talking about good things in the PDX tech scene, you talked about upcoming. I kind of want to hit um, hit it on both fronts here because uh, there is a rant in this, I think, as well. Um, what else? Uh, what are the what are the events and the activities? Uh, the the types of things you like to go to the the kind of tech and tech community activities where you've met people and and networked. Well, within the first two weeks of, uh, of getting into town, I went to a Lunch 2.0, uh, a beer and blog, wow. went to Cartopia on Hawthorne there, and uh, I didn't go to OS Bridge because I think that was the start of the day I arrived into town. So uh, I thought it was going to be a bit too jet-lagged to actually make any sense of that. So that was just the first two weeks. Wow, that was a big. Uh, you know, we were we were at, we were live uh, streaming from uh, OS Bridge. Actually, the sessions were being streamed, and Strange Love Live was being streamed, and that was just a big kind of month of tech. That whole OS Bridge, and I think um, I think there's Bar Camp or there's some other stuff that happened before that. So. That was a big kind of a tech community uh, community uh, mm-hmm. month there, um, and I think uh, I think we expect it to be uh, pretty big uh, um, next year uh, as well because there'll be OS Bridge and there'll be OSCON, which will be back. So I think yes, I was uh, here for the, uh, the the sad faces when that wasn't wasn't here in Portland this year. Right. So, uh, so you pretty pretty much hit the highlights. Um, you met a lot of people. That's kind of, um, and I know when uh, you know Irk went on his big uh, uh, American trip from Australia, uh, he uh, came up to Portland as well and kind of got the the tour of Portland Tech. Went to a beer and blog, uh, a couple other things. Uh, met a lot of people. So it was you know reflected well on Portland, but. In addition to that, um, you know, no, no talk about Portland and Portland Tech is complete without talking about the Portland Tech job market. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep. so uh, <laughs> and thank you and good night. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Thanks and good night. So you're currently looking. Yep. Yep, I've uh, been been looking for a, a little while. I eased into it slowly, just trying to see if I could fill up the dance card freelancing. So you came here originally. You did your networking, and then you uh, you uh, started uh, freelancing, right? Or I mean, when you came here, you were you were freelancing. Yeah, that was what I was hoping to. Uh, so sort of stitch together enough of a living 
just doing that. But because uh, I, I was still learning the the size. I mean, a lot of the activity in Portland tech scene, it's small people. It's, uh, I mean, how many times have we heard Portland's you're the not, town of side projects? You're not talking about short people. You're talking about small companies. <laughs> yes, small companies. Uh, I mean, it's a different sort of company size and market to Australia. You know, there's a lot of companies in, in, in Melbourne where I grew up in the tech scene, and they're in the 20 to 60 person range. Yeah, we consider them small companies. Uh, there's a lot of, I haven't found many in that zone in Portland. There seems to be side projects or a handful of people, or you suddenly make the big jump up to the, uh, the bigger, much, much bigger. Right. Um, well, I mean, we have, you know, we have our large, well, maybe a couple large anchor tech companies here, but, uh, but generally, uh, like you said, there's, there's kind of a small, small company, small startup scene. Um, and it seems to me that you kind of came at, at the time of the perfect storm because when you showed up around OS bridge time, there was the decline was happening, but there were probably still some some gigs and jobs. I know I saw a few people in the Portland tech scene move from job to job uh, at that time, but then uh, then later things really fell off the cliff. Yeah, uh, I mean the plan was always to move here before the the bottom of the the bottom fell out of the market because if you move somewhere when everything's taking off, uh, everybody's already, you know, all the people who have been through the hard times, they're the people that get uh, taken up in the new opportunities when they come out. So you have to be here for the, for the bad times to really get taken up into the good times. Well, and, you know, unfortunately to, uh, most people, I think if you, you polled most of the community right now, uh, generally people are feeling pretty bleak about the situation. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, there's certainly talking to a lot of the the people who report on tech scene and keep their finger on the pulse. There's been some talk in the, the bigger media that last quarter was... I think $14 billion worth of mergers and acquisition work, which was triple the quarter before that. So that's one of the big indicators of a turnaround. But it came, you know, it's coming now. We've passed Halloween. And my understanding is now that's when the the market slows in terms of just regular holiday season. So that's sort of almost like a, a false start to the, the recovering news because there was a bit of an upturn and now we're going to have the whole holidays. And, yeah, who knows how fast January is going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my take is that, uh, you know, uh, October, you know, we, we've had a, a decent run-up on Wall Street. Uh, October is uh, is the is the decline. We'll have the holiday season. Uh 
I, I don't know what Wall Street's predicting, but I think Main Street's going to predict a pretty bleak holiday season all over the the U.S. I mean, if someone in the chat room wants to correct me, or if you you think that's not the case, um, I I just don't think you know. I think there'll be there. There's always some growth and some sales, but um, you know, I I think consumer spending's way down, and I think that um, I think that corporate spending is actually still pretty frugal. Um, January, mm. February. Maybe maybe a different story. Um, <laughs> maybe it's all writing on Apple. <laughs> you know, we'll just get through this crappy year, and then uh, we'll see what uh, what uh, the Steve has to offer us. You know that okay. that big shiny tablet that comes out that will all, every man, woman, and child is going to have to have. Yep, the tablet will create uh, what is it? We're down 14 million jobs or something like that since this time last year or this time right. 18 months ago. So, yes, the tablet that creates 14 million jobs. I'd love, I bet he'd love that on his CV. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, literally. I mean, it, it, you know, when I when I think about it, I think, yeah, you know, it's going to be down. I mean, there's going to be people are going to buy new tech, right? They're going to buy new new PCs and laptops. They're going to buy. Um, new phones, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this new Android phone, uh, you know, turns out in the market, uh, Christmas sales. Once people figure out what the advertising is all about. Yeah, I haven't, we should pull that up. That's on YouTube, right? I haven't actually seen it. I have not seen the Android advertising. Yeah. I've only, I've only seen a couple of the ads, uh, I go. I'm watching Monday Night Football as part of my acclimatization program at the the local pub. So I've seen a couple of the ads there, and they're deeply confusing. Well, are they are they just uh, playing on Apple, or what? You know, what's confusing about them? Well, there doesn't seem to be a sense of a single campaign about it. It's it's like a whole bunch of excited kids said. Hey, how can we snipe at Apple? And they've come up with twenty ideas, and they've said, "Right, well, let's turn them all into ads." You know what they needed to do? They needed to get Hodgman, don't you think? <laughs> you know, and that that snarky guy. I'm an iPhone, and I'm a Android. You know, that'd be maybe hot. the guys from Flight of the Concords reprising their uh, Android roles. <laughs> what? Oh, let's see. Is this? No, this is hands-on. I'm I'm just looking here to see if we have the video. Now, what kind of phone do you carry? I'm packing an iPhone, uh, just a 3G. It was part of the survival kit when I left Australia. Moving to a new town. Burke said the same thing, yeah. Yeah, having maps, uh, having... I mean, it's a... I didn't buy it when it first came out because it was a shit phone. Yep. Now it's a mediocre phone, but it's an excellent internet device. Yeah, me too. I was the same way. Yeah. Was... Is this the HTC? Do we know? What is this thing? Who, who's who, who's running the commercial? Uh, even that's not really clear. What is it? Droid? All right, I, yeah, I, I can't. 
advertising tends to wash off me, so I, I don't remember that much of it. Hey, Portland's a big advertising town, too. Well, shoot, I can't find it. Lame. Maybe somebody in the chat room or somebody somebody will tweet the link and I can pull it up. But, uh, yeah, you got your iPhone. Mobile development's big um, in Portland. Uh, you know, there's been a lot, uh, there's been a lot riding on uh, mobile development as far as uh, helping the economy here in Portland. Um, mm. That may or may not be a winner. I mean, it seems to be, seems to be doing okay. Um, obviously, people are downloading a lot of apps and buying, buying apps. But, um, it, I mean, what, it, do you, are you just going to, you know, back to the economy? Are you just going to try to write out the year and write it off and see see what next year brings, or uh, are you going to have to relocate uh, somewhere else? Well, I'm going to try to avoid that. I mean, Portland's certainly a, a great town, very welcoming to uh, strange people and strangers. Uh, but, yeah, I'm certainly looking for short-term contracts, and I've widened the net out to, well, pretty much anywhere. If it's only a few months, you know, you can live anywhere for a few months, right? Right. But. Yeah, it's a long-term plan. Definitely want to stay here. Portland has is such a, a creative town. There's a lot of mental energy, and it's it's good to be part of that. And I, mean, I was talking to uh, Rick of the Silicon Forest the other day, and you know, my little nose, it uh, it feels like there's Portland's getting close to a tipping point, and. Well, the tipping with, ca- tipping point how tipping point tipping the cow over or or t- tipping good, in, into greatness? Tip. You think so? Yes, yeah, st- stepping up onto the you know, playing with the big boys if you like that. Um, if you like that particular phrase? It's um, you know, there's a lot of animosity that I've seen between Seattle and, and Portland. With oh, you moved to Portland for lifestyle reasons, not to make money. Right. And if you want venture capital, you move to the valley or the or to Seattle. But, but, but I think have, there's. But yep. you have to have the mix, though. I mean, uh, without venture capital and without uh, without um, you know, uh, I, I mean, yeah, the lifestyle's great, but uh, who's paying for the lifestyle? You know. I mean, if we truly became the People's Republic of Portland, I guess we'd be okay, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's a certainly an element to, of deadlock to that. Um, you know, you, you have venture capitalists who will move here for the lifestyle. You know, they'll bring some of their money with them, but you really need a big win and a big exit to for someone to stick around in Portland. That will slowly... Um, well, build the pearl. and that's uh, that's so that's that's kind of what I've heard as well is that uh, okay so uh, Portland you come you come here you get all hipster creative right but now uh, now you need to make the big hips hit hit the big hits make the big bucks um, now you're going to take your 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 company uh, down down south down to the valley or, or or somewhere else where the money is and you know fame and fortune. You know what I mean? In other words, is yeah. Portland just, you know, becoming the hot 
incubator, but not the uh, not the real um, only an incubator for entrepreneurs, not the real deal in growing a business to success. And yeah, certainly it appears like it could be that, but I think uh, this is where I. I think the exciting opportunity is is there's the op, uh, with a bit of a bit of push, a bit of focus. You know, maybe we can crank out a couple of high class businesses. You know, actually run them as the, the tight ships that appeals the to, to the funding. But you've got to get the funding. Yeah, you know, and there are places, other incubators in San Francisco, like Y Combinator. They won't even talk to you unless you're based in San Francisco. So there's you know, the the model has to be a balance somewhere because there's a stress of moving will kill companies. Yeah, you know, nobody wants to build a big or a big stable company out of their pet idea. With the knowledge that, oh shit, if I grow up beyond X million dollars a year, I've got to hike it down to San Francisco or New York or Seattle again. And then when it's big enough, then it's too hard to move back home. So if there's that, uh, while there's that drag, it's not going to happen. So how do you, uh, how do you tackle that problem? Right. I mean, well, you you kind of said that 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 you know sometimes you, you I I I think companies are easy to move, generally speaking. I mean, it depends on the company, right? But it sure seems like companies are easy to move in America. I mean, Boeing, for God's sakes, and that's a huge manufacturing company, and they're not moving every you know bit of their manufacturing, but they're significantly moving, and we see you know large manufacturing. You know, you get these greenfield sites with uh, every locality, uh, not only in the United States, but around the world, is handing out blank checks in tax incentives to get companies to move, set up shop, and create jobs. And it's not just Oregon versus South Carolina or whatever. It's you know, Oregon, South Carolina, and Ireland, or, you know, pick, pick some, some place, you know, um, and with, uh, tech and software and intellectual property where there's no, uh, manufacturing, unless there's a strong base, uh, within, uh, within your, your, your location. So for example, um, you know, like in the valley where you have um some major educational institutions um and major draw there um you know it it's it's kind of like you can leave you can move you know um look look what happened and this is probably a bad example but look what happened with Vadoop right they moved from yep. Oklahoma to Portland for a better draw and a more you know, for all the reasons they wanted to come to Portland away from Oklahoma. Unfortunately, it's a bad example because they got hit by the economy and uh, couldn't be saved. Um, 
you know, that's an example of, of a company coming to Portland, which is unusual. Um, I'm curious whether Jive Software is going to remain in Portland or not. Maybe, maybe not. I, I have no information, but, uh, you know, there's sure been a lot of talk. And they're opening up offices, and they need to be close. You also have to be close to your customers, you know. Uh, Boeing relocated headquarters to, I believe it was Chicago, right? Um, because they said they had to be close to their customers. Um, I presume that Asian sales were down, and so Seattle was not the lucrative place to be. Um, so I, I, th- I think moving companies around, and especially moving when you have a startup and you're an entrepreneur, and being able to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got my think tank in Portland, I'm, uh, I'm doing... Uh, you know, I'm developing my idea, but you know, I, I need I need to move down to the valley. I need more talent, and I need more connections to grow. Um, especially connections to money. I think that's the key thing. If we had a flow of money here, you know, some yeah. sort of venture capital flow, you know, maybe things would be different. I mean, I, I've heard two things that, that, that uh, I mean, granted, the lifestyle's great. Um, no one will, will argue with that. And if you look at the creative industries in Portland, um, probably anchored by, like, you know, a Wyden and Kennedy or something like that, that's huge. But, um, and that plays into the creative lifestyle. But access to, to capital and, and then also... Uh, not only access to capital, but access to to education, to uh, to um, premier, you know, universities um, that are kicking out the next entrepreneurs. Um, that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you mentioned Jive, and I think they're again. I have no direct insider information, but they do seem to be straddling the California. And uh, Oregon, you know, they've got what's the, the joke these days? A broad, <laughs> a broad stance. They're standing one foot in each state. And I, I think when you get to a certain size, you have the ability to to do that. You know, you've got especially when you're working in the collaboration space, you've got to eat your own dog food in that and collaborate remotely. I mean, there's an Enterprise 2.0 conference going on right now. Saying, how do we make enterprises more 2.0? You know, remote collaboration, uh, real-time updates, breaking down some of the silos, uh, increasing the number of communication channels without destroying the information. There's a lot of talk about that going on. I think uh, once you get to a certain size, you'll be able to, or should be able to, in the future, straddle and be close to where your customers are and where the money is and and so that's also part of the the cusp that i that i see us sitting on and informatics and collaboration is a is also a portland speciality so maybe we can uh innovate here and keep as you said the think tank here but you know the uh, finances run out of uh out of silicon valley you know, what option, what uh, combination that will succeed, we'll find out. 
So tell me a little bit more about that. About the, uh, you say, informatic. There's, uh, you know, business intelligence uh, and collaboration go hand in hand in a very unique way. So how, how do, is, is this, you know, taking some anchor companies that we do have in Portland, we were talking about Jive, uh, there's Web Trends. I mean, is that is that, you know, one of these companies yeah. playing, what company would represent this? Yeah, well, uh, Web Trends is, of course, the the other company that springs to mind immediately. Okay. In that, there, there's Keep other... Mind, you're, you're dealing with a host that's a moron, Okay. <laughs> I'm used to you looking down at your clipboard and saying, yeah, they're not on the sponsors list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, where where's yeah, I need I need my sidekick here going, Oh, wait a minute, web trends? Web trends? Do we know a few people there? Can't we get uh sponsor? Sponsor. Portland will be better if you start sponsoring. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trickle down effect, huh? Exactly. So, so you see, you see a continuing growing economy, a growing a, a business in this area. I mean, tell me a little bit about this. What what do you see? So, you obviously you see, you know, the end of the rain, the pot, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the quick another euphemism. Um, <laughs> the sun rising. Um... Exactly. Tomorrow. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Um, uh, tell me, tell me about your vision. I mean, what, what? So now that we've depressed everyone in the chat room, um, what? Uh, where do you see it going? Like, if you see an uptick and you see the positive, and you take Portland tech scene for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Lifestyle. I mean, hands down, highly creative and intelligent workforce culture uh without a doubt right uh green oriented um uh young and vibrant um so you take all those positives we take the negatives we're not in the valley we don't have a flow of venture capital um argument against premier education system which and i don't necessarily agree with these things Mm, yeah where do you see the positive spin well, it's uh, about deliberate action. I mean, that's sort of the the way I've been thinking about it more recently. People do what what it is that they want to do. They're interested. They're they're active. I mean, how many people do you know that don't have a side project? <laughs> oh, jeez, please, <laughs> Shh. no more side projects. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and that's my problem. I mean, I, I I went through a layoff phase where I was just on the edge of the knife, right? I work for a large company um, in tech. Um, and after I went through that, I said, oh, man, that, that sucked. Luckily, I landed. Uh, good, good things happened, right? But... I had that taste in my mouth, you know, and, uh, and I said, you know, what else am I doing here? And, uh, that's when I got involved in the tech scene. It was around the same time that I encouraged my wife to start 
blogging. We kind of raised up our daughter, you know, from, you know, the baby. We'd gone through the baby and toddler years. So we needed something else, right, Mm -hmm. outside of of work and and family every day. And, um, And so that's when we both got involved in the Portland tech scene and started the podcasting and Strange Love Live and, you know, just sort of organically let these things happen, these side projects. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's kept us going, you know, it's kept the spirit alive. Um, the connections I think we've made and continue to make in the tech community are strong. I think there's a strong sense of community. We talked about this earlier with you, so I don't need to rehash that, but you know, that's, that's our story. And we're, we're, you know, we're continuing to work. Quite frankly, we're in the phase now I'm in the phase of how do I make these side projects live on their own? How do I make them sustainable? That is financial without a doubt. Um, that's the push. That's where my head's at right now. Um, and how can I do more to make this happen? Um, and that's the side project mentality. I, my rant right now is that I asked Rick this yesterday. I said, is it my sense that with, with everyone being kind of beaten down in the economy in, in, in Portland, that some of the side projects have gone by the wayside and that people haven't like pushed harder? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of like in that mode of, no, don't stop. We need to push harder. We need to push through this. I mean, I may be wrong, but uh, but that's that's my that's my rant right now. Is like everyone who's got a side project. You know, I mean, if it's tough, if you lose your job, it's really really difficult. But you know, if you if you're looking for work, you you have that time to work that side project and work it hard i can tell you that it's hard when you're when you're also deep in your in your in your work in your job in your day job and trying to do the side project on the side at night and trying to push through um and and i just i just you know if there's anything that that I want to say to anyone in Portland is like, keep pushing. Don't let up on the gas. If anything, put the foot down, you know, let's, let's get this stuff going, you know? Um, I, I, like I said, that's just my sense. And, and, and I hate to see people, if I sense that people are letting up off the gas to say, no, no, you, you gotta go. You actually have to hit it harder. Um, but you know, hey, that's my rant. You know, yeah, and it's one of the the key characteristics of Portland is that creative energy, and it's expressed by having everyone with lots of ideas. They've got their own projects. They collaborate together on some. They just crank out new ideas all the time. And the in terms of making Portland sort of growing up and making it more business oriented as opposed to, you know, and I'm not talking about robbing the fun out of life. You know, some side projects are there just because you want to keep your, your gears connected and you want to keep yourself busy and interested and learning. That's great. But as long as you recognize and acknowledge that that's a deliberate choice, this idea is only ever going to be a side project. Let it be. That clears your mind 
instead of worrying about how can I monetize this, how can I make it self-sustaining, you can put that energy into just getting shit done. And that's great. Other ideas you've got to look at and say, well, how do I tell whether this is going to be an ongoing concern? How can I, how do I know? And that's some of the, the skills that are probably needing more development here in Portland. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And you, uh, you know, you being a systems guy and kind of a, a project manager kind of guy, uh, it doesn't surprise me coming from you. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's I've got part a hammer, right? And everything I look at looks like a nail. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of, of, um, that's part of the community, right? That's where we can all pull together and say, and help each other and say, like you said, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as well that, you know, you have to look and you have to say, this is a side project. This will be a side project. And this is, this is not, or, or for me, it's more, this is either going to be a side project and only be sustainable at a certain level, or this is going to be, you know, I'm going to have to kick this up and, and, and let this grow and survive on its own. Um, and I think, you know, I think the community helps with that, right? I mean, if we honestly get together, I mean, there's a, look, there's tons of, um, refresh Portland, web innovators, all of these things where we all get together and we discuss these, these projects and that's the time to interact and, and debate and provide the feedback to your peers. And, uh, you know, we never, the other thing is we never finish where we start, right? Well, it's a pretty short project if you finish exactly where you start, right? Exactly. Uh, and probably a pretty shitty project as well. <laughs> it's the journey, right? It's you start yeah. here with an idea and you end up there. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we... Uh, one of the Dom Sagala, I believe, just released his book about working at uh, Odeo and, and when Twitter was born, right? And he was a, he was a guest at Bar Camp, and he was on Strange Love Live, and and uh, told told the story of the birth of Twitter. I was sitting there with Evan Biz, right? And wouldn't it be great if we could send messages? That became Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> now, not every side project or every idea is going to be Google or Twitter. Yeah, and that's that's part of the people go into it wanting the big win and partly that's driven by the, the craziness of the the late 90s. Part of it is uh, the, the VC world. If you look into it and you're trying to get money out of them, there's a, a habit or a, a mentality we go in, we give you a million dollars, we want an exit in five years, and we want $10 million out of it. Go. Time starts now. But, yeah, not everything's going to grow like that, and that's why there's been more of a push to bootstrap companies these days. Grow it with the money you get from your customers. It's sustainable. Yeah, I, I, that was my problem with reading about um, uh, the recap on uh, Silicon Florist of uh, OEN 
um, there were a couple, I believe it was OEN, the Oregon Entrepreneurs Network, and I believe that there were, were some, you know, some... Um, some companies and you know it's the exit strategy well what's your exit strategy well you know we build it up and buy out and that's the end of the day you know and and to me it it there's nothing wrong with that but it's hard to to i i have a hard time thinking about developing something and then that's the end result now that being a possibility as a reward for your success I, I understand that, and I, I can I can think about that. But getting to that point where it's like we sell off and we're done, I don't know. And maybe that that's because I'm maybe I'm not an entrepreneur, um, and maybe that mentality's uh, a little too old school now. Maybe there's a new mentality. Maybe Portland, you know, that seems like a valley mentality. Maybe Portland is something new, something you know, building a sustainable business. Um, it's not going to be Google or Twitter, but it's going to be very successful. It's going to put people to work, and it's going to be um, consistent with the lifestyle that we have and the culture that we have. Um, you know, perhaps that's what Portland brings brings to the uh, to the table. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? Brings a laid back creativity, a creative energy to the. Uh... To the world, maybe that's our our uh, niche, or sorry, niche I should say in this country, right? Uh, is collaboration and social, or not? Yeah, social connection. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't like I don't like I don't like the phrase laid back though. That's that's the one thing I I know where you're going with that, and that's. That to me is the the bum rap, and maybe it's true, but you know when I look at the projects, when I say, you know, hey folks, we need to assess our projects and 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 put put our foot on the gas. That's not a laid back mentality, right? That's quite yeah. the opposite. Um, you know, assess what you're doing with your project, scale it where you want it to be, decide if you need to bump it up to the next level. If you do, uh start running you know get on the track and start sprinting that that's not laid back um and no, fair point. you know that yeah I, I to me laid back is kind of a dirty word or dirty phrase <laughs> you know and, and i don't mean laid back by being you know i i just i i think it's you know it's like calling someone a liberal or something, you know, that's like a dirty, became a dirty word in, in American politics. Right. Um, if you say, Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur from Portland and we're really laid back, you know, (laughs) that's not a good introduction at a, uh, at a, uh, a VC, uh, funded event. (laughs) Well, think back to the, the mid nineties, early nineties then in, in, California, what were they known, renowned for? Being laid back and just a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I think, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. It's, it's the, uh, it's the marketing side versus the, uh, versus the execution side. 
I mean, if, <laughs> right? If the execution's laid back, I think we have problems. Um, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, that's at least that's my experience in corporate America. Believe me, the uh, those big tech companies, of the world didn't get there by going, yeah, you know, we should build that server eventually. <laughs> They're on the phone 24-7 calling you, waking you up out of a sound sleep, going, hey, dude, (laughs) this ain't working. (laughs) And I've got three continents on the phone. Tell us how to fix it. (laughs) I don't know. You know, that's just me. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, to counterbalance that, I used to work for a a large multinational uh, based out of California. And when I, I I was working on a project, they flew me over, and come five o'clock, you know, I was the only guy on my floor. Right. They'd all just gone home. Yeah, they've all got to beat the rush, right? Yep. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. You know, every everyone packs the room when. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk shows up, right? And he's quite an inspiration, an inspirational guy. You know, maybe, maybe we just have to relocate a guy like that to Portland and just, you know, you know, come to Beer and Blog. You know, inspire, inspire people. <laughs> and it's tough. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, this is my observation, and I don't want to be hard on people because I know there's a lot of pain out there right now. People are feeling the pain um you know anybody in this country who loses their job and has to go find medical come on you know it's ridiculous um i'm not immune to understanding that but we also need like you said it's got to be fun too we also need that 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 um that reboot of energy you know to just say you know, that rallying point. Um, you know, I mean, in the 30s, when the country uh, uh, fell into a depression, uh, we had Roosevelt as president, right? And he he created these rallying points uh, and created jobs. The government created jobs, you know, built Timberline Lodge, built, uh, I believe they built Hoover Dam. Don't check me on the history of that. But uh, all these great public works uh things and and created hope around the country um both to build infrastructure and to get people because when you are in a downturn when you've you know lost your job when you're you're looking for work uh psychologically it's very easy to become depressed and we need to to pull ourselves up. I think we need to uh, to really uh, um, look at what is great about Portland. Look at the intelligence and the creativity and the forward thinking. I mean, you coming to Portland as a as an outsider and adopting it. What's your take on? I mean, I'm a native. Okay, so I'm I'm. 
I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't say this, but what's your take on? But it's it's not. I say that in seeing the people who have come here and come to Portland and said, "I love this place. I want to be here," and bringing uh, creativity and bringing, you know, um, just a, an enthusiasm for a new way of thinking. And you kind of touched on that a little bit. I kind of heard a little bit bit of a sense of that. Um, I mean, is that what you see in Portland? Kind of, if I was going to say something new is going to pop up somewhere in the world, somewhere in the U.S., would that new thing pop up in Portland? Well, it it could. I think, I mean, part of it is my, my upbringing, my background, the way my brain has been wired in a particularly engineer's kind of way. But um, I, I draw analogies. I find patterns. It, it's what I do. If you look at uh, Portland as a, as a product, you, can, you don't need to build it up slowly over time. You can pick a successful startup, right? They, they've got an idea. They've got a market. They've got a minimum viable product, and they build it. And does it work? Yes, no. And what didn't work? How do we fix it? What's the next minimum viable product? You know, agile development, these sorts of methodologies to actually get something useful out quickly. If you multiply that by a whole whole city, if they've got the same or related deliberate approach, okay, I've got this idea. I don't think it's just going to be a hobby. I want to make something of it. Bang. Okay, let's start. Down the, down the path. What do I need? I need help. I need a, a process to go through. I you need, need community. You've got a community business, here, which business community, and and, and, and intellectual community, community. Well. Hmm? right? And an intellectual community. Yeah, and and when you say business community, I mean there, there's the creative community is already very easy to tap on. Very exactly. Everyone here is really happy to help out. Uh, I see people sitting in cafes all the time, looking over each other's shoulders, helping each other with code, test this, debug that. Yeah, that sort of sense of community is very strong, and there's a lot of help around. But the business side of it, how do I make something of it? That's a bit harder. Uh, I've been scribbling some notes down. I think uh, I hesitate to say it because it might land me in trouble, but perhaps we need business camp. Whoa. Hey, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, business camp. What I mean, what 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 do we need at business camp? What do we need? What problems do we need to address? Um, well, giving the community a uh, instead of tech-oriented, which, I mean, again, hopefully I won't get anyone offside here, but Portland is enamored with the shinies. Yep. Here's a new new tool, here's a new toy, here's a new technology, got to play with it. It's the side projects. And and, But that sort of mentality is the cornerstone of of innovation and research and development, so you don't want to trample on it. But to make it, turn it into something of lasting impact, of great value, well... Uh, then you need complementary skills. You need someone to be able to say, well, hey, that's interesting. 
you know, I think you probably need three sets of skills as well. The business growth, the business side, there's the technology and the innovation side. And then there's the, I think there's a personality type called a, a, a connector. Someone who says, oh, that idea with this tech and here's your customer, go talk. And they make these sort of connections so, uh, intuitively. So there's no, it's not a big detailed process of big charts full of decision making. It's, oh, wow, here's a half idea, another half idea, and I've whacked them together in an unusual way. And neither people are doing what they thought they were going to be doing, but they're both connected and doing something useful. Um, I think that's a great idea. And uh, I, I actually... Uh, I actually think about that often as I, uh, whatever it is, participate in in this community somehow by podcasting or, you know, showing up to to events and and doing whatever it is I do. Um, and I've thought that I often think of of that. I think that you know I'm doing this. I need this. So I need I know that there are people who could do this. And now if we could just connect them with this and we can actually make something happen. And I think that there are a couple uh examples of that right now a, a couple kind of startup companies that have have utilized that that idea um in the mobile space. I think a few very bright people that we have leaders who have figured out, hey, you know, if I make this connection and this connection, bam, this is a business model actually, and they've had some success at that in mobile in in the iPhone space. I think that that's very much a a, a broader plan, and I really like your idea of business camp. Of of it's essentially like. Can you get every, you know, that's a diverse, that's a diverse bunch, bunch of folks, right? You've got the, the creative design people, the look shiny people and the, the side project people and really the business people, the project people, the people who go, look, this is, this is the no nonsense piece. But if we could get all get them in the room, um, as a business camp, I, I absolutely love that. I love that idea, Mike. <laughs> this is why I said I thought it might get me in trouble. I think now I'm going to have to do something about it. The, the chat room's loving it as well. It's a lot of great response there. Um, because, you know, this isn't... Uh, look, if, if it... It was, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? If it was easy, yeah. we'd be bored, you know? <laughs> if it was easy, we would be the planet that Captain Kirk would, would visit, that w- where we were all just sitting around, you know, oh, we're having a war. Yeah, ten people have to go in the, the incinerator now. Okay, that's nice. Everything's cool, <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> I mean, this is Deeply hard. suspicious utopian planet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um this is this is a tough road. It's hard, but um, you know we're we're sitting we're sitting on a gold mine of talent. I think. I I mean I say this as a native of Portland, right? Um, and I and I 
I always kind of cower when I say that, but um, I had several opportunities to leave this city throughout my life. And, you know, I had uh, many, many reasons to stay. Um, and I'm really glad I did. Um, in my lifetime, I've never seen the city so vibrant. Mm. You know, um, well, neither have I, but for different reasons, yeah. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never seen, you know, this much talent and intelligence in the history of Portland, in the whole time that I've ever lived here. Yeah, so we, we potential that uh, is just bubbling over is uh, is almost painful to watch if it's just. Sort of going to simmer on the stovetop, and and that's what I was going back to what I was saying before. I, I feel that we are close to a tipping point into something, and it wouldn't take much to get people these this vast creative talent we have to start moving in one direction that would tip us over the edge into something. Bigger, brighter, whatever, whatever it'll end up being, it'll be something different. That's right. And, you know, that comes from you, someone who came here and chose to, uh, to live here. And you're seeing that through those eyes. And uh, that encourages me. Um, and I agree with you. I, th- I think we're we're there you've convinced me that we're at the tipping point well we've been an hour into this and mike this has been an excellent conversation um i know you and i had a this was kind of the result of what i would say a kind of a downtown street corner post lunch 2.0 conversation that you and i had yeah um and uh, I'm thrilled that uh, we could do this. It's been excellent to, uh, to be out here and talk to everyone. It's <clears throat> yes, both listeners will be uh, hopefully interested. Yeah, exactly. Kirk <laughs> and um, I don't know somebody else. Maybe the silicon florist. Well, I think that's time to wrap it up. Um, Tomorrow night, uh, Meme PDX is released, and uh, Friday night, you know what happens on Friday night, it's uh, Strange Love Live. Uh, we'll have uh, Lock It To You, and uh, there's, an, there's a guy who's making things happen um, with products and social networking. And I think uh, Crazy Talk will then be back live on Sunday night. So I think... This thing rolls Sunday through Thursday, all through November, National Podcasting Month, and I intend to do this every night. Um, if you're on Skype, um, I'm Doc Normal on Skype, drnormal at gmail.com. Please contact me. Um, I can only do this with uh, 
with someone on the other end. I, I, I'm not Robert Wagner. I can't do this. Uh, can't talk for an hour. I'm not that interesting. But anyway, um, Mike McClure, thank you so much for joining me. It's been really great. It has. Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs>